Welcome to Breaking the Couch, a weekly conversation demystifying what happens in and behind the therapy scene to support your healing journey. We're your hosts. I'm Dr. Dowson, a licensed clinical professional counselor, a certified school psychologist, and a trauma specialist with Playfully Psyched. And I'm Dr. Joe Harchi with Software Psychology, a licensed clinical psychologist. We're here aiming to provide you with mental health tools to address the cycle of generational trauma across the age span from infancy and childhood to adulthood. For more information, visit our Instagram page of Breaking the Couch or our website, breakingthecouch.com. While we hope you love listening to and learning from our podcast, it's not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Okay, Dr. Jaharchi, you know how I am about social media. Um, I know it has its pros and cons, but I, for the most part, enjoy some of the interactions that I have and topics that come up on TikTok specifically. And one that came up was by a licensed clinical social worker. I think her name is Kate. Um, Anyway, she was talking about, she was kind of at an event with a bunch of other therapists and the conversation came up about whether or not therapists should be making comments about what their patients are wearing. And so her specifically was kind of about if a patient doesn't wear a bra to session, should the therapist say something about it or comment about it? And so I, you know, stitched that video and made a reply just to people and kind of talked about certain things. But I feel like it would be helpful for us to also talk about it on this episode because I know when I brought it up, you had some feelings and some thoughts about it. So let's just open it up here and see how it can be helpful for our listeners. Yeah, I really do. Um, I'm I'm no expert. I'm just one therapist over here having feelings about it. And mm-hmm. um, my feelings are pretty strong around this. Like I, I initially have this like sick to my stomach feeling when I mm-hmm. hear about that. And I don't want to judge. Like if somebody is saying that they're getting clinical information off of somebody coming in with a certain type of smell or some some kind of presentation that they've never come in with before. Mm-hmm. Totally get that we want to be very aware and tuned in to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And are we really trying to police the way somebody dresses? Um, and so like, I see how what I'm saying could be like, well, you can't take it that way for everything. And I get that, I get that argument. But um, at what point do we stop and start policing people's underwear? So there's like so many different things, right? So I personally change my body size. I fluctuate in my body size. And the bra that fits me a year ago might not fit me today or Mm -hmm. vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to see me show up however I need to show up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's that piece. There's another Mm -hmm. piece of I work with a lot of gender, um, you know, expansive people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fluid, gender expansive, uh, trans folks. And like, I can't ever begin to imagine myself saying anything about their bra or not bra or, you know, like that is crazy to me that we as a therapist would dangle our power and privilege like that. Um, And then one other piece, Okay, wait, I'm going to stop. I feel like I'm I'm so mad about this, I guess. Um, Then it makes me also think about when I've been, let's say, and I don't know how to say this in a better way, but I'll be like, let's say when I used to go visit family in Iran, right? And I think about um, where 
I would wear a certain head covering mm -hmm. to follow the law and um, also in some ways like respect my my grandparents and, and the culture besides mm -hmm. religion. Um, and thinking about if that slipped, like the head covering, mm -hmm. how there were certain like mm -hmm. very scary legal things around that. And so I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking about, you know, how I look now with the short hair and how mm -hmm. I don't think I would be able to go to Iran right now with the short hair. Mm -hmm. So I'm just thinking a lot about these different things, body sizes, mm -hmm. um, gender, and then different like cultural needs and stuff like that. This is weird. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, one of the things that you said was like, um, someone could say, well, we can't look at it all that way. And I'm going to like pump the brakes and say, why not? Right? Why do can we not have that lens on all of our interactions that are thinking about the way in which we're policing a body? And you, you know, I'm going to go there, right? But it really makes me think about the way we use supposedly our clinical judgment to assess someone's physical appearance. And I say that because, you know, it's not a surprise to anyone who's tuning into this, if they can see me on video, or if they've heard a previous episode, I'm black, I'm a black woman with locks. Um, black women in history in the United States, we have been the most policed about what we wear, and especially something like our hair, right? To the point where in one of my practical training experiences, I was being policed by what I wore because culturally I wear different clothing than the other white girls um, who were in the prep school with me, right? And my hair was as my hair was newly locked, right? So they they were different size and length, and they looked very different. And even that came into question. And so, what does what a patient is wearing have to do? with the therapeutic value of the session. And I hear it, I hear, I know we were taught about this whole like part of the mental status, right? And we're kind of looking at their, their own insight, their judgment, whether or not um, we're kind of trying to figure out they're in touch with reality or not, right? And looking at psychosis and things like that. But like you said, I don't think we do the same thing for all populations. Case in point, I remember my freshman year of college, uh, it's it a long story. I used to go to class late. It was on time because it was on time based on how it was scheduled. But the first day of class, the professor was like, hey, I also teach at another university that's a little further. Can I move this uh, like 30 minutes earlier? And he just like took a vote and most people said, sure. And I'm like, no, I don't. So I, I searched most of the time showed up the time that the class was scheduled for and he just didn't take all four points for it. But, but because of that, I would like come in, I would be fully dressed, you know, whatever. I had planned my day to be able to start at a certain time. The white students in the classroom would come in in their pajamas. Culturally, that is not something that black people of my generation, I'm a millennial, that is not something that we did. That is not the way I was raised. You do not leave the house in your pajamas, let alone go into a classroom or an establishment to sit for, I don't know how long classes were, like 50 to 90 minutes, to sit for the whole time after not having done anything to cleanse your, any parts of your body. 
presumably, right? <laughs> and so one time a girl commented and she was like, you know, um, you're in one of my classes and you just always come in looking like just so like flawless and like looking so nice and like, and I'm just like, I just get ready and you know, like I just get dressed in the morning. I didn't say anything about the fact that like she was probably one of those people in pajamas, but just how like my body is going to be policed by what I'm wearing and I'm actually like getting dressed or like doing certain things, but certain other populations could probably show up to a therapy session or anywhere else in pajamas and people wouldn't really think twice. Or how common is it for uh, people to come in out into the world with their hair wet, right? That used to be something like culturally, right? Black people don't usually, of my generation, leave the house with the hair wet. There's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why not, but we do quote unquote do that. You like, yeah, do something to your hair, you do something to your hair. But like a lot of white women would just, maybe they freshly showered, whatever happened and they just didn't, didn't brush it. So it's one of those things where when we say we can't do it all the time or like we can't like pull this into question, why not? Right, because I bet, you know, and I don't know the full context of what that social worker was saying, but it would make me think about, right, what, who is the person that they're policing this body? Why this comes up for question? Is that a therapist thing? Are you feeling uncomfortable? Because I don't know, you're having weird thoughts about the patient and not, like, what is it? Because I can't possibly imagine how, whether or not someone has a certain undergarment on that's not supposed to be visible or not, or, or whatever, how that could be have any type of therapeutic value. Yeah, I'm so happy you brought that up. I think that you are having me and hopefully a lot of other people second guess this whole BS around um, assessment, right? Mm -hmm. Like evaluate, right? So like you can notice changes by attuning to and like asking about someone's perception of what's going on for themselves mm -hmm. without sort of this really um, racist old school way of air quotes again, assessing mm -hmm. what you think you see. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm really happy that you bring that up. And then this part of, you know, um, bras. Also, some people don't wear bras. Some mm -hmm. people who were assigned female at birth don't want to wear a bra or don't wear a bra for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, so this idea of like not policing bodies is really just a, a helpful thing across the board, in, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Not only am I sitting here learning something, and I think that hopefully other therapists will too, or other people who are in therapy, mm -hmm. um, but there's also this component of like, that stuff just has to go. Like our old colonialistic racist ways in therapy should be in the trash, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, for patients, I, you know, I would encourage that if your therapist says something like this or question something like this, ask them where that's rooted. Like, where is that coming from? And ask them about the therapeutic value of that, right? Maybe they're going to have a great answer. Maybe they've thought about this and they're like, oh, I'm really concerned, whatever the case may be. But like, it's okay to ask these questions to really figure out where is your therapist coming from with this line of questioning. Um, I think about it all the time and it, and I'm working with like super basies to help like how we frame this and talk about this, but I've always struggled with kind of going over that assessment, mental status, all those things, mm -hmm. because the way I was trained is not the way that I practice. One of the one of the words that like really bothers me so much is about grooming, well groomed. Mm -hmm. 
and, and, and I don't I don't say this word, but kempt, upkempt, the kempt, you know what I'm talking about? Like where we well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> where we supposedly um, like judge the way somebody is appearing. Yes. Yes. Essentially. Yes. We're and, asked to do this. Yeah. Yes, we're mm -hmm. asked to do this. It's a part of our training. We're expected <laughs> to do it. It's a part of the way we're supposed to write notes, right? Insurance companies yeah. are looking for that because it's with how you're assessing these things. And so I took out the whole well grooming. So I'm like, whoa, who? Because there's not a standard grooming practice among all humans, right? Like how often you, what you, how often you wash your hair, whether or not you put on makeup, all these things are not standardized among the human population. They vary within individual, between race, between cultures, Absolutely. ethnicity, right? All these things play a factor. And if I'm going to be the one judging it, I'm probably only using my barometer, my belief system. What does that have to do with you? What is it all does it have to do with you? Right. Absolutely. And so I, we kind of talk about looking at it in the context of the individual, of the person's culture, um, you know, individual, like you said, assessing between sessions and like, oh, normally you look, you look like this. What's going on? Anything changed? What's happening? Mm -hmm. So they could say, oh, I'm trying to or they could say, you know, they can reveal things that is helpful therapeutically. But to just say they were well groomed or not well groomed or they were disheveled, right? I remember then I used to I remember when I used to wear have an afro and people would ask me, Oh, what are you gonna do to your hair? And afro is a complete style, honey. It is done. What are you talking about? Like mm -hmm. I, I've been, and I've done a lot. I've picked it out. Like I've made it shape the way I wanted it to shape. What do you mean? What am I going to do to my hair? It's it's a hundred percent finished. Mm -hmm. So you mean to tell me someone who has no idea about black hair is going to be the one saying whether or not I groomed mine well? How would you know? Oh, therapist. So yes, patients. You know, prospective patients out there. If that comes up, if your therapist is like commenting on how you look and not giving you a valid reason, ask. It is within your right to ask and explore that with them. Um, that's how I look at it. I'm really happy that you could give people like an um, empowering tip or take home as far as like, hey, we're, we're talking about this issue where, where therapists thought that they could police whether or not someone wear a bra and frame it, I think misframe it as a again, air quotes, like, what was it? A uh, confrontation? No, clinical confrontation is about a lot of different things. It does not need to ever be about somebody's body. Um, so I like that you give people a take home. And I hope that people will know that they can ask their therapist, you know, where that comes from, where that's rooted in, like you said. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and I, my last disclaimer is, okay, I I wouldn't be policing the body, but I would say I don't. I'm not gonna have a session if someone's naked. I would not feel comfortable with that. <laughs> well, wanna... that's just not my specialty either, Doctor exactly. Dotson. I'm sure there's some like nudist specialist therapist, and they know something I don't. They know exactly. how to do that thing. Yeah, but, uh, and I don't. I know how to do, and yeah. therefore that would be right. I just wanted to put that out there for people. Um. Okay. So this is a great discussion today. We kind of got some of our feelings out and we hope it was helpful. 
Uh, as a reminder, we are on Instagram. Go ahead and tag us in your stories, leave comments, direct message us. We are willing to engage with you and looking forward to that. Uh, whenever we mention books in the show, we have our bookshop. We always make sure that that's in the show notes. You can visit us online at breakingthecouch.com. Leave a comment for us there. If there are topic ideas you have, things you want us to talk about, uh, we have lots of ways for you to engage. You can also send a voicemail, although no one's ever sent a voicemail, but you can send a voicemail if you need it to um, and find us this way. So until next time. If you are looking for a therapist for yourself or your child, you can visit our websites, playfullypsych.com or softheartpsychology.com. We appreciate you joining us this week and can't wait till there's another opportunity to jump on the couch with you next week.